Welcome back to Friends Like Us. Marina Franklin here, your host. It's Black History Month. Zainab Johnson is back. Zainab, stand-up comedian, actress, writer. She is quickly being propelled as one of the most unique and engaging performers on stage and screen. In 2019, Zainab was named one of Variety's top 10 comics to watch. And we agree. You can also catch her out as a series regular as Alicia on the hit Amazon Prime comedy series Upload. Also, check out her comedy appearances on NBC's Late Night with Seth Meyers and HBO's All Deaf Comedy. Welcome back. It's been a while. Dawn B. Dawn B is a comedian, host, actress, radio personality. Hailing from Chicago, my hometown, Chi-Town, is in the house. Dawn began her career over 20 years ago performing at local comedy clubs and bars across the country. As well, she joined the improvisational group called The Forgotten City. Dawn B started traveling internationally and she's performed for the military. She's told jokes in Japan, the United Kingdom, and Haiti. She tours with Donnell Rawlings, so check out his schedule so you can check her out. I will be headlining the Vermont Comedy Club March 2nd through the 4th. If you know someone or you are in the Vermont area, Make sure to let them know. I'll be there headlining. It's been a while. March 2nd through the 4th. I want to thank all of our listeners of Friends Like Us. Because of you, we make some pretty impressive lists. You can hear us on Google Podcasts Now, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Apple Podcasts. Review and rate us on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe. Make sure you turn on the auto-download function for Friends Like Us on Apple Podcasts. You can email us at friendslikeuspodcasts at gmail. Our Instagram is friendslikeuspodcasts, and Twitter is friendslikeustin. Become more than a friend. Leave us a tip. Donation. Just go to our Patreon page. Go to Patreon backslash friends like us. Special shout out go to those Patreon friends. It's because of you we keep going. And now for our golden friends, thank you, TB and Stacy. You have the option to watch our recordings live backstage. Go to Patreon backslash friends like us and be golden. Merch is available. We have t-shirts, hoodies, coffee mugs, face masks, and tank tops. They're all available. Go to marinafranklin.com. Weekly on my YouTube channel, I go live with my assistant, Evelyn Frick, and that wacky friend, Dave Juskow. We give updates to the show, we shout out fans who leave reviews, and we have surprise guest friends from the podcast stop by, and sometimes we offer free stuff like tickets to comedy shows. With friends like us, it will help you feel not so alone because more content is on the way. Tell a friend you know to check us out, stay safe, wash those dirty little hands, wear a mask still if you want to, it's not gone. Get vaccinated, boost her up, and... Black Lives Matter. And welcome to Friends Like Us. I've got Dawn to Alexander. I'm used to saying Dawn Boatman, but it's Dawn. Oh, Dawn B is good. I love your theme. Dawn B. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so glad to have you here, Dawn, because it's been a while since I've seen you. Like you said, the last time you look vibrant, you look hydrated. You look good. You look like you are in such a good place. Tell me why. I, 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 mm, mm, uh, I'm on the other side of healed from the shenanigans that I was going through. What was that like? 2020? I think when I spoke yes, to you. Yes, that was a lot. The height the pandemic. Of, and damn it. Oh, I don't know. I was on. I don't know. I was on one. 
But anyway, I feel good. I'm back. I'm on the other side of Hill. I'm back on stages where I belong. Life is good. I don't have a man in my life. That's probably the reason for the smile. You know what? There's every story that has been coming out. I don't know what's going on with the media. They keep throwing these stories at us about why being single is either dangerous for your health or more expensive. There was an article that I was going to put in, but it just pissed me off too much. I should have put it in. Yeah. Or that we, um, there's something wrong with us. Yeah. I'm like, no, it's, it's a choice. Just like abortion. <laughs> They're like, yeah, but here's what's going on with your choice. And then they give you an article that tells you why. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. They were saying it's more expensive to be single than it is. I'm like, I don't, what? No. I'll, I'll <laughs> pay for convenience. I'll pay for my sanity. Fine. I don't, I don't know. It is, is, is more expensive. And I'm used to that anyway. How about this? When you're single, you budget. I don't know. That's also like I, my expenses are not. I mean, how much are you paying by yourself that they had to write an article about how you spend so much money being single? I'm like, and you know, let me say, truth be told, I have walked out of my house, no money, and I come back full and wasted. Thank you very much. <laughs> or even oh, you find someone does the job. So no, I have left out even just. I just go out and people spend money. Guys, when it's talk, they don't even talk, try to talk to you anymore. You want a cocktail? I do. <laughs> so that's lovely. It's not that ex- I don't I well, I don't have anything to compare it to. I don't I don't know. But it's funny that single people um are problem problematic. It's just like we Yeah. It's a lot of us out here though. I think I'm going to yeah, be it, for another year, though. Do you think, like, here's the funny thing. I've been single for, I guess, since the pandemic, before the pandemic. It's been, like, what, four? I've been talking about this on the podcast now a lot, so everyone's like, get over it. But it's, like, four or five years. And I mean single. I mean, like, no sex, nothing. Is this my choice? <laughs> Don. You know, it looked like you were freezing, but you were like taking a, a death. Like, ooh, which way do I go? How do I not be offensive? Four or five years? I, oh, I don't know. I, I've been focused on me. I haven't really had. I was saying I was about to join Silver Singles, the app. What's that? It's a new app called Silver Singles. Is it for people with silver hair? Oh. Yeah, like over 50. Okay, so listen, I've been single for a couple years. While I'm talking about, damn, is that on purpose? I've been single. I've been protecting my peace so much. I don't even get the uh, good grand wising queen text anymore. Like, I've been taking off everyone's group good morning texts. Uh, <laughs> what you doing? I don't get any WYDs. I'm like, damn, I did it too much. But, and I did find a man, Marina, like, I, I didn't find him. He found me, but I overshot. He was too old. Like, I felt like I had. Why was he too, was he too old? It was just like, he said, old, older man stuff. Like, oh, you, you got a nice build. I'm like, okay, logo. I'm, I'm Lego now. And like, he just wanted to just have me sit under him and say, um, I wasn't supposed to like talk. Um... 
he just had this old man voice. I felt like I had to curtsy every. What do you mean you you weren't? Well, I thought you were going to continue like talk about, but you said he didn't want you to talk at all. Speak, speak. I'm not. I'm just used to you know women following me. Like we went to the movie, right? Went to see a movie, and I have my AMC app, which means you go stand in a certain line, right? Right. So I'm like, okay, we're talking about what we're going to get. And I went to stand in line, but then I turn around. And he wasn't there. And I'm like, yo, what are you, why are you over there? And I'm here. He's like, cause this is the line. I'm like, eh, for regular people, <laughs> like I'm VIP. Then he asked the man in front of him, isn't this the line? Like I was completely making this up. Like I said, why, how is it that you don't even want anything? And I do. And you are over there <laughs> He's like, well, I'm just used to women following me. If I turn this way, you're supposed to go this way. I'm like, but I, I didn't even see you, number one. You could have, like, tapped me on my shoulder, like, yo, is this, you're missing the line. So it was just too much. I, it's just, I just, it was too too old school for me. Like, yeah. I felt like he was going to He's have too it. old school for himself. Ugh. He was like, he was married 30 years, divorced five. Okay, here we go. Thank you all. Welcome Zainab Johnson joining us with Dawn B. And Dawn was just, we were just talking just to fill you in, Zainab, on, we were talking about being single. Dawn says she's been single for a while. You know, I'm always talking about being single. And all these articles keep coming out about how dangerous it is to be single. Like your life, you're not going to live as long. And like your financials, like you spend more being single. What's your opinion? I think that it's all like some form of like fear mongering, you know, like because it's they're putting out articles like it's facts, like how cigarettes cause cancer. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, I don't. I I could spend more now or I could marry someone and get a divorce and he could take half. So like what you want from me, world? You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. I try not to buy into those sort of articles and trust that my life is going exactly as it is supposed to. And definitely like focusing on the gratitude of wherever I'm at, you know, versus like focusing on what I don't have and and the negative associations to that. Like, you know, I, I have like a lot of siblings and I have a lot of, and I'm inter- because I have a lot of siblings, I'm interacting with a lot of in-laws. And I'm and I have a lot of nieces and nephews and I absolutely love it. But I also absolutely love when I'm done. Exactly. <laughs> right. You know, seriously, in that joy of like not having to like get a sitter or not having to like check in. But of course, no, they're never going to tell that conversation because the point in this world is to procreate. Like in order to sustain a nation, you got to have people so you can't ever tell people like the key to this life is be by yourself you know (laughs) yeah you can't right it's so but they were doing that in china they were like saying you can only have like one baby yes and they did that they did that and there was a lot of people throwing away their daughters right and trying to get a son because you can only have one. And then the population was so imbalanced in China at one point that then they was like, oh, oh, we made a mistake. We got it. Now y'all got to have kids. Yeah, it's very you imbalanced so, right now. They said the numbers came out. They were like, oh, God, we don't have enough people. Yeah, exactly. So just like. 
And then you go ahead and throw in a global pandemic that's wiping out everybody. And you know what those articles feel like to me, Marina? You know, when we see like um, the, the, the like romantic comedy or like the, 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 the TV show about the like news, the, the journalist that all she wants to do is write this really impactful piece about the world. But her editor just keeps putting her on like 10 reasons why women are single in their 30s. Do you get what I'm saying? Like those articles feel like that to me, like just a bullshit assignment. Yes. And it's also triggering because it's New Year's Eve after New Year's Eve. So I guess it's it's clickbait. Yeah, I'm fine. Yeah. I mean, I didn't if I don't want to be single, I could change that in a heartbeat. Can you? I don't know if I could. I just don't want to go through that. I don't want my brain, my body to feel any of those emotions. I don't want to check in with you. I don't want to tell you when I'm leaving. I don't want to see if you want one too. I don't have it. I don't have it. I had a friend who was doing that to me, a guy friend. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We're not dating. I don't need to check in with you. Yeah. Every night it was a call. Cause you know, you had those friends from the pandemic who you kind of like connected with and talked to all the time. And there was a point where he was like, hey, you didn't call me or how are you okay? I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. This is the worst part of the relationship. And we ain't even in a relationship. So slow up. This is why I'm not in. This is the part I don't like. Exactly. I don't like checking in. Well, I would love to be in a relationship. Like, but uh, of course, like a healthy, loving, you know, relationship. I think that... I, th- I think that when people don't want a relationship, it's because <clears throat> they're identifying the relationship as hard work and a hard work that does not reap the benefit of the hard work. And so that translates to me as like not a good relationship. And of course, nobody wants things that aren't good. Nobody, nobody wants a job that doesn't fulfill them. But we have to have a job, right, because you have to pay for living. But you don't have to be with somebody. So I think that it's like, I think most people, regardless of what's being said, want a relationship. They just want a very specific type of relationship. I don't. And may not. I don't want any of it. Except the relationship with me in this stage and this mic in my career. I don't, I don't, I just don't. I know what it takes. I've had boyfriends. I've, I've had a husband. I just don't have that part of what it takes to sustain a relationship in me. And it is work, regardless if it's your soulmate or not. It's a whole shift you got to put in to keep it peaceful. And I just don't have that energy for it right now. So if it could be peaceful, if in a utopia, it could be perfection in your mind, you would not want that? Don't feel like it. (laughs) Don't feel like, why are you here? I don't feel like it. I just don't. And I had to, and I met the. I was telling uh, Marina before you um, tapped in. He was a, a great man. He wanted to take do everything to take care of me. He didn't want me to speak much, but I was just like, see, it's that's not that's not a great man. Well, do you know what I'm saying? Like that's not a great man. Want, I didn't want any of it before I found out that he didn't want that. It was so great. He would take me out. We had this. He's good looking. He smelled good. He has a job. He's going to be. I was going to end up being a primary care provider in about seven years because he was kind of old. But <laughs> I, I just don't have that in me. That's all. 
That's it. And this and it, it and I was saying it's also it's temporary. I'm sure of it because I mean I'm a Libra and I'm a lover, but I don't feel like it. I just don't. I don't feel like I think it's an age. We're about the same age. I think, Dawn, I think you get to a certain age. It gets more difficult to share your space. My sister keeps coming, doing these surprise visits. And I'm like, hey, 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 listen, you know, like because she came this weekend. She came Saturday. She she was supposed to come in next weekend, but she she messed up and her flight. Her, her photography shoot was this weekend, not next weekend. So my whole body went into shock because she was coming into my space and um and I wasn't expecting it and I'm on stage and I'm exhausted I told the audience I go it's her fault <laughs> she here you New Yorkers know it it takes a lot to have people in your space so don't be just showing up but Marina it's also if, if you had a space that was large enough to accommodate someone uh, not not feeling like they're right with you. Would it would it be different? It would. Yeah. That's 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 the that's the point that I'm trying to make. I think that which is very natural for us to um, think that what we want is it, it's based on our environment. But once our environment can change, then of course our wants and desires and needs will change. You know what I'm saying? So That's we're usually true. speaking from a place of like, um, not not negativity, but it's like I'm sure if you had a five bedroom house, it would be nothing if your sister. You might not even know she was there, right? However, I do worry about her. Like, I have to worry about her trip from the airport because she's been like kind of sheltered. She's like my baby sister, and so all of these trips from the like, I, like the fact that she forgot that she was supposed to take a flight next weekend and not this week. That had me concerned. And then I'm like, do you look at the license plate of the Uber and Lyft before you get in it? You have to. So share all those things. So I got to worry about that part. All of a sudden, oof. but you are right. Like if I had a bigger space, would I? Yeah, probably not. I probably, it'd probably be okay. But since I live in a studio and I literally was like, and I'm going through menopause and I have hot flashes. I'm like, you're not sharing my bed. So I had to blow up a bed. She goes, what about just this one night? I no, let's blow up this bed. <laughs> Dawn, do you, you do you have the uh, the hot flashes? I'm on the other side of menopause as well. See, this all of that changes your brand of logic. My body went through menopause already very early. I'm surprised that Ethan, my youngest son, even made it like. It's like I gave birth and they gave me menopause. So um, that that also changes how I feel. I just don't feel like dealing with a relationship. Me and another person. Ugh. I just, and even the perfect, I don't, I really, and I, and I said this, um, um, yeah, me and menopause, we just, that's my boyfriend right now. It does change. And I'm Listen, happy. your sexual desire changes during menopause. Like my need is not there like it used to be. I mean, every now and then, I don't know if there's a point where it gets it it changes. But I remember in my forties, ooh, I was hungry. 
But then in my fit, like now, I'm like, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. I'm like, let me not do age. What? I'm in my 50s. Yeah. Oh, then we're not the same. <laughs> oh, we're not. Sorry. <laughs> I'm in my 50s. <laughs> I'm sorry. Sorry, Don. Very early. Well, you mentioned menopause, so I figured. Yeah, I got menopause at like 42. Yeah, I'm 47. I mean, I'm still almost right there, but. So you're almost there. Yeah, at 47, though, that's when I would say it started to end. It starts to like, it's like a, like a Ivy drip, drip. (laughs) It's like the desire for another person starts to fade a little bit at 47. It really happens though. It really happens at 50 and over 50, at least for me. Now every woman is different. So I must say that it is different menopause. And if it happened for you early Dawn, then you really did go through it. Mm -hmm. The change. Yeah. Yeah. I'm done. So you're there. Oh, I'm there. I've had a cycle since before the pandemic. Damn it. Yeah. Yeah. So then you so then you did go through it. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. See, I went I started at 51. I'm 52. I'm saying my age now because it don't really matter. Ain't nothing going to change. Still and it's just, <laughs> it, you're, I know. Look, my skin's hydrated. Yeah. You look nice and moisturized. And this is what 50 is supposed to look like. People are like, oh, my God, you look good. I'm like, it's supposed to look like this. But like I said, I mean, look, you things change. I don't know. Um, and, and when I was in my thirties, I stayed in the relationship. My twenties, I kept a boyfriend. I'm like, oh, oh, my heart hurts. I need a boyfriend. I didn't need a boyfriend, but I just always was in a relationship. Now, I am open now to, like I said, I'm gonna go on Silver Singles. It's <laughs> is that an app? It's an app for over 50. Oh, okay. For over 50. Yeah, because I need someone who's mature, who's kind of going through what I'm going through and that really understands, you know, like, that's mature. Like, I just, you know, I need someone who doesn't want to go out on a Saturday night. Yeah, that's it. (laughs) I was about to say more, but that's pretty much. I was out. Look, I was up until two in the morning on Friday, just on a Zoom with like uh, for a writing session. And then when I tell you my body the next day felt like it was hit by a truck, I wasn't even moving. <laughs> I was just up later. <laughs> so I felt like now, now you said you were drinking. Like I can't, I don't drink. I can't. I felt like I had too much to drink. Yeah. And I was in by 938 and I still feel it like that recovery is a doozy now. Woo. Yeah. Nice. So while we're, t- so let's get into these hot topics. I'm so excited that you're both here. Um, Zane, so so gel nail polish lamps linked to DNA damage and cancer. Do you guys get gel nails? Because I used to do that and I used to wear gloves. Zainab, do you do that? I need to. I um, I I go on and off with gels. So I do like gels because the convenience of them. Like I don't wear like extended or like tips or anything like that. But I do like not having to sit and wait for a manicure to dry. Um, and then like you know leaving out as soon as you open your car door or something, it's like you mess up the polish. But I did notice that the more that I wear gels, the weaker my nails feel and that and the longer it takes my nails to recover 
And so I've been trying to get into like different things. Like I know somebody was telling me about dip powder, like how that's better and you can do a dip powder without using UV. Um, but then when I call like all the nail salons, they still use UV. And so I was reading that article and it did say that you can put on like sunblock and um, fingerless gloves, which I never even thought of. But that makes that makes so much sense in terms of protecting your hands from the UV. But still, it's still like in that article was saying it's causing like uh, almost like a mutation and like a, a, a cancer under your nail, you know, and that's. That's very scary. But I but I also think like, I mean, the beauty hacks that women are into now, I can only imagine how we will evolve as a species. Like, I think we're going to look crazy 100 years from now if we're still here. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Microneedling, for example, like I got this microneedle. Have you heard of microneedling? Is that like for your eyebrows? That's microblade. It's for your Acting your face. Oh, that's microblade. Okay. Okay. What is that? They stick a bunch of needles in your face? It's like very little needles. So like my Irish friend, you know, because she's very aware of the fact that she's, her skin is white and she's gonna age. So she's obsessed. She's always like, <laughs> like every time I look over, I'm like, are you lotioning your face? What's going on with you? Relax. Mm -hmm. But she's, she's go. she gets facials all the time and she does, she's obsessed with it. So she took me to this woman who does, I got a facial. And then the next time she did microneedling, I was like, I don't, okay. So it's like these little, and it makes your skin firmer. And um, the collagen, it wakes up the collagen in your face. Yeah, I heard. Because as you get older, it kind of dies, I guess. Funny. <laughs> oh, shoot. Yeah, my collagen is dying. And I heard it helps with um, complexion, like acne too. Yeah, and those tap face tags. Mm -hmm. So you know, like we, like black women, we always get the little the face tags. I have them, you know, um, and it kind of minimizes them so that you can barely see it. Hey, Don, do you do anything? Like, do you do the gels? Um, I do. I do the no chip. So which means I still do the the UV. Yeah, but my whole total time is like five minutes. It's not like I'm tanning. I'm laid out in a tanning bed. And it's just like dry paint, dry. And it had to. I would have to get it for the next um, 100 years for me to uh, get the amount of UV that's going to change and alter my DNA. <laughs> it's not a lot, so I'm not worried at all. Yeah, I'm always worried. I'm. I, I stopped doing it because of what Zainab was saying about the damage of the nail. Every time I took it off, it was, what'd you say? Making my nails so very soft, though. But yeah, the dip, it, makes, it makes them so soft. Look at that. All of them broke down, if you can see. It's crazy. But I'm going back to the powder. I love the powder. but Sometimes it makes my fingers look pregnant. But the um, still, when you take the powder off, the dip is still that... The the drill? The, the drill and everything oh, the that, that adds to the breakdown of the nail. I don't think it's the UV. I think it's just the taking off the polish that's giving my nails the um, blues. But I'm going back to the dip because they would grow out better. 
you know, it's interesting for us. It's more of like uh, all those studies that came out about relaxers and and I mean the I mean, damage that, that did to I mean, black women. And on that, in fact, I did call the number because I had a relaxer, honey, for years. <laughs> what is, who's supposed to what call cause cancer? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, I'm waiting on the phone call right now. Just in case, because I remember getting that asymmetric. It's right. I got an asymmetric. I got a perm. I was probably like seventh grade. I was walking down the block. Like, <laughs> and <laughs> <it> was- I think, <laughs> but I think they also don't regulate our products as much as they do for possibly white women. Like that's that's more to the thing is like well in general they don't regulate anything i think recently they just said they're going to start regulating organic products more because everyone's slapping on organic labels well i know for a fact they didn't test that band two relaxer because that was some of the strongest relaxer ever band two and optimum i wonder if they are included in this yeah, I think that we like I think that we've seen like time and time again that like the bodies put in place to like regulate the, the, the food we eat, the products we use, the medicine we take. Right. That they are pretty shitty. There's very little oversight and they take bribes, <laughs> you know. So it's like I, I remember reading like maybe around like 2010 or something. I remember Will Vince got me this book called Skinny Bitch. Uh, did he get it for you, Marina? Uh, no. no. Um, and it was just like a, the title was just like supposed to catch you. But it was all about like how, you know, the our top like 30 ingredients in like American food is like processed, like, like um, processed or whatever. And a, a part of the book um, documents like all of these whistleblowers, you know, and how they like at the FDA, like the FDA owns so much that they were just like, it's up to, it's up to the FDA to give the title, like certified organic, whatever. And they was just slapping it on like anything, you know, like all you really had to do was have the budget to Mm. get your stuff, you know, like, um, yeah. So, well, um, something's going to kill you, a man, an apple, police, a bus. I'm going, I'm going to do it. I'm going to eat it. You're going to do it? I'm, I'm eating it. I'm I'm going to forever. I'm not going to overindulge, but I'm going to forever eat um, Flaming Hots when my son has them. <laughs> when they said that Red 30 has pork in it. Like, I don't eat pork. So I tell people, I don't eat pork. So I make up for it by drinking and smoking. Something's going to kill you. I live a fairly uh, active lifestyle. I mean, I hurt my ankle, so I haven't been to the gym in a couple of months. But I'm going to be happy. <laughs> I think for me, well, you know, I had breast cancer, so I'm a, a little extra sensitive to, you know, it, it's funny because Keith Robinson does a joke about in that first year of his stroke, how, or, you know, after, well, after his second one, how he started, he was eating quinoa and then it starts to fade. You're like, ah, fuck the quinoa. But it's like, you know, and it's true. Like I was a strict vegan for three years and it's starting to fade. Like I just reintroduced eggs back into my diet because I can't. Like vegan lifestyle is so hard and it's so easy to eat really bad foods as a vegan because you get kind of bored. And if you're not a great chef, like, you know, these chefs, they're like, this is what you can do with vegan food. 
if you're not a great if you great chef you don't have a lot of time you end up eating really bad stuff like what so like i've started old avocado like fries like uh fried food like fried cauliflower or or um you know those um beyond burgers with loaded with whatever and cheese and or fake cheese and what's got like sodium beyond sodium. So you got to really be careful, you know, um, cause all these options that they say, you know, it tastes like it's meat, but it's not. But what else does it taste like? A lot of sodium and a lot of fat and a lot of fried and a lot of oils that you're not sure of. So I, I found like introducing like cage free eggs back into my diet is maybe helpful. Uh, Stace is saying vegan is extremely tough when you travel. I remember in Iowa ordering a salad with no meat. It came with bacon because it's Iowa. Yeah, yeah. No, no one understands you when you say you don't want cheese or meat, like especially cheese. Like anywhere outside of New York or California, if you say you want a, a Mediterranean salad or the idea that you don't want feta in it, it blows their minds. They load it up with cheese. So hmm. anyway, best wishes. Uh, next topic, Florida blocks high school AP African-American studies class. So Florida Governor Ron DeSantis administration has blocked a new advanced placement course on African-American studies from being taught in high schools, saying it violates state law and is historically inaccurate. Now, last year, the governor signed legislation dubbed the Stop Woke Act that restricts certain race-based conversations and analysis in schools and businesses. The law bars instructions that says members of one race are inherently racist or should feel guilt for past actions committed by others of the same race, among other things. So Zainab, did you see this? And what are your, um, what's your take on this? Um, for lack of a better question. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> like Stace said about Iowa, like it's Florida. But I, although I know that it's happening like all over the country, um, I don't know. I think it's just like this constant, like you shouldn't have to take an AP course to um, like essentially learn American history. But the, the, problem is that like white people don't believe that that the journey of black people in America is American history like they just don't believe that and they don't want to believe it and they just don't want to show it and they're going to do everything in their power to you know keep their world view intact why do people keep flocking to Florida then the weather and isn't isn't are certain places in Florida very cheap? I think their taxes are they don't have yeah the taxes are different there like that's what people go for because they don't get taxed on a lot. I don't know Stacy or TV you could probably chime in on this, but I know like Florida used to be cheap. I think it's changing now. That's what TV is saying. But I think that, like, I know my, the guy who used to run my podcast or produce my podcast, he went there because of the taxes just aren't, initially. Um, now he's in Atlanta. 
But but the the interesting thing is, I always thought that because is he talking about is DeSantos talking about like state uh, colleges? Because I always thought yeah. co- colleges were private, like for the most part, unless it's a state, you know, college or university. It, but it's, it seems like that's the place where you have the most free thinking. Like, I feel like, you know, Marina, how you talk about like um, theater is an experimental place. Like it's more experimental in the in the performance spaces than like TV or film. I feel like college is like the experimental space of life. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. so to kind of like, you know, try and regulate that, it seems it seems really shitty, especially because college isn't free at all. Yeah, it's not. You know, it seems like how's that happening? Yeah, he's going to I think. Oh, go ahead, Don. What are we going to say? I don't I don't understand. It's against the law to teach people about black people, our history. Basically, yes. And then he goes. It's a stop. It's pretty humorous to me. The woke act. The woke act. So. Learning about your history can makes you woke. Like I'm like I'm not woke. I'm not woke. I'm not. I'm a piece to the gods, but I'm not a woke chick. Like I'm awake. I'm aware of things. Um, I, if you keep us ignorant, which anyway, as it's not that much that I learned through high school. I mean, I'm from Chicago, born and raised. I didn't learn much in elementary. I mean, I did Martin Luther King, and then Black history. We learn every day we have to do the people that did like the stoplight and Alexander. What are you? I can't even think of the names right now. Get, George Washington. Eric Morgan. Yeah. Carver, the peanut guy. Lincoln. And then that was it. I I do not remember at high school. I went to Mother Macaulay. It was a very white high school. And it was to the point where they boycott. We would do a black history performance. We ended up doing it my sophomore year at Kenwood Academy because they did not want that act of violence, I guess. I don't know. They didn't want us to present to the school anything about Black history. So white people will shut you down at all costs to keep you ignorant and give you a gun so that you could kill your brother and sister. I don't know if that even all makes sense, but I I just think that... um, it doesn't matter how much we protest. I'm going to go here because you can protest what this guy is doing. You can stand outside and and it doesn't even matter how much we protest. If you do not amend the amendments, you have to change the law, the Constitution. We're going to forever have this. How can you tell somebody don't teach people about a, a race? That's insane. And it's legal. But you know... But that's what's scary about it is that's why they're getting people in offices from the lowest level of government, like like sitting on a school board to the highest seat in in the land. Is that's why they're trying to get certain people that have certain ideologies in those spaces so that they actually can change the law so that it's completely legal to eliminate any sort of ability to teach. And I don't think I think. I agree with the comments, what uh, TB and Stace are saying in the comments, which is like, if you went to public school at all, for the most part, you, there wasn't an there wasn't an abundance of Black history taught, especially outside the month of February, you know. But I think that the I could totally be wrong, but I think that the wealth gap also is becoming so large 
that the people that the the people who are in public school, people who are susceptible, but poor people, it's a it's a, a much larger divide. And you're seeing white poor people, black poor people, Latin poor people. You know what I'm saying? Like poor immigrant. Like you're seeing all of it. And so it's not so much that they're trying to stop us from telling the story or us being taught. It's they don't want. Other, they don't want people who identify as white. Yeah, because then that's numbers. And if you just pay attention to any TikTok poster, there is a good amount of young people who are not black that are like, wait, what? I'm appalled by this information that I've recently found out. Even as much as I I I was a little bit, I didn't know how genuine this was, but even when Tom Hanks, that video of Tom Hanks went viral, he was like, why don't I know about this, this very important thing in our history from this black person? You know what I'm saying? But I know, and I think that that's what they're trying to stop. Yeah. Because the, it, it'll really fuck with their numbers. Yeah. That's what he's trying to stop. The, what is the woke act? Are you kidding me? Yes, they don't want anybody to be aware of everything that they do came from us. That's it. And I'm not, a, I guess I am a kind of a racist, but I have some really good, cool white friends. <laughs> some of my best friends are white, I promise. But I have a, one white friend. She's always like, oh my God, I feel so bad. Like we lived in Okinawa, Japan, because I'm married, I'm a Marine and I'm divorced as well. I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't have to say that part. But um, so when we were moving out, we, all, we had to move out of our housing and we'd live in a hotel. And one of the teachers from our kids' school, because they went to school off base, worked at the hotel. And my white friend kept saying, oh, my God, Miss Gemma is here. Um, I just feel so, my white privilege is just making me feel bad. And I'm like, why do you keep saying it's white privilege? Like, it's a badge that you want to take off. Like, I don't understand. I never understood what she meant. And then, like, I would leave. Like, we, we were standing next door in the hotel next to her. But they were both Marriott's. She was like, here, take my key so you'll be able to get back in. I was like, no, I'm good. My black privilege will let me back in. And she was like, oh, touche. But I still, what do you guys think she meant whenever she would see something like that? She kept saying, my white privilege makes me feel bad. I don't. Well, she was seeing, I'm assuming uh, that she was trying to align herself with you as an ally as saying like she's recognizing maybe for the first time in her life there's certain things she's getting that she should that you're not getting and she's seeing it for the first time i don't know it was i'm assuming it was a japanese cleaning lady like she was from our kid's school i don't i don't i just never got she tried to explain it was it a japanese just, cleaning lady it was a japanese cleaning lady who said her white privilege no my white friend said that she taught at our school the cleaning lady oh. also was oh, like okay. a teacher at the school our, our kids school and then she was just like i felt so bad for her coming in cleaning our stuff because we knew her she's like mm. my white privilege just I'm like what does that even mean like she's starting to feel it she's starting to recognize i mean you know I keep saying like during that George Floyd thing, there were a lot of white pe friends calling me like, yeah, one called me and said, you know, I don't think you've been a good black. Because. <laughs> you ain't been a good black friend. You ain't filled me in on this stuff. I'm like, I ain't got the time and energy to fill you on and everything. <laughs> you Do your homework. This craziness in your head. It's just so some some of them are taking it on to the level of where this guy is feeling it too and saying, you know, let's do a, let's do some legislation and prevent people from feeling 
exactly what you're describing this woman is saying, mm -hmm. you know, because they're hearing it from their kids. Yeah, they are. Their it's kids are like, actually. Mm -hmm, sorry. Yeah. It's also, no, you're right, Marina. Their kids are coming home and expressing it. But I think it's also too like, you know how you like demonize um, like language, language and terms. It's like woke was like something that woke at for the past couple of years has, has been like as much as we may poke fun of it, you know, like it's still like um, a term that would identify you as someone that was aware, someone that was intelligent, someone that, you know, like someone that may have pride. Right. And now to say the woke act, it kind of makes it all sound negative, you know, and I think that that is tactic as well. It is. Some of the woke people do get on my nerves too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like because it's like very hoteppy. Oh, so Stace is saying white parents, by the way, Stace and TV are both white. And Stace is saying white parents don't want their kids feeling hurt. But what about kids of color who never see themselves in the curriculum? Exactly. You know, it's it's amazing to me, even myself. You know, there's things that I'm learning now that I didn't know about. And it wasn't until I was in even college that I even understood the Civil War. And I mean, that's, that's the whole story behind that of how I went to the library and discovered two women that I didn't know about uh, was part of my thesis. In that journey, I realized, why didn't I know about these women? These are incredible women. And I'm also finding that students now, because they're taking it away, want more of it. So there's more story. So there's there's an adverse reaction to it that's that's actually happening because of people like DeSantos, where there's more movies coming out. There's more of a need on TikTok to explain things that people don't know. So it's like what you take away, people are going to want even more. But you can't take away a whole race of people. I mean, like, essentially, like, he just wants to erase black people from history. I'm stunned. And they let him do it. Like, how is this even? I well, eventually it'll come out. I, I keep saying the wheels of justice turn slow. And just like we're seeing how Trump is getting in trouble because he tried that fraudulent thing to attack Hillary Clinton and, and you know, for his like campaign or what and then he got sued mm -hmm. the judge was like oh because you brought this frivolous case to court we're now going to fine you like over a million dollars and because his ass is broke he was like and he wanted to go after tisha james latisha james in new york but he ain't got the money to do it <laughs> so he was like mm, let me rethink this one so he's gonna i think we're gonna see it come out when? in the court system we have it's to, gonna take time it, it's just a shame that it's 2023 and my sons who are nine and seven are asking questions about shit that Martin Luther King was talking about. Damn, it's, it's so many years. I know I might sound ignorant or not, but do you guys have any idea what makes some white people hate black people? What did we do? At what point did it turn that we became a big, bad, ugly black person? It's just what they decided to make us, right? I don't, I just, I can't understand that. It's a lot. It's a, it's a loaded question you asked, but I think that the, the sum of it is there's greed in America. 
and people like to protect their greed and their money and it really isn't even about race it's about that one percent that wants to stay wealthy and so they further feed this agenda and this dialogue and this narrative huh you think it's not about you said it's really not about race essentially what they are doing is they are feeding this agenda this narrative that it's black people that are the ones that are the problem like or that it's asylum seekers that are the problem when really it's this wealthy general very very rich people who are making poor white people believe that it's black people that are the problems when these poor white people are suffering and struggling just as much if not more than black people so white people poor white people go oh yeah it's them let's point the finger at them and so it helps to make it a racial it's in their benefit to make it a racial issue and but also race is race is the the easiest thing to identify right that's how you that's why right like it's like it's it's a few things it's like oh if we if we conquer these lands and we take the continent of Africa has so many natural resources, right? And then it's like, oh, when we get, yeah, and then when we get here, it's like before Black people came, uh, it, 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 you know, there were Irish, there were Italians, there were, de- and there was a social class, right? The easiest way to identify, you can't you can't look at somebody and tell if they're rich or poor, if they're educated or not. You can't, you, but you can look at the color of a person's skin and, and easily, it's the, it's the easiest way to identify. So that's where race is a term that didn't even exist before. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, and it's a term really that only exists in the United, in, in this Western world. I think that both sides of the coin are dealing with like today, the remnants of as Face or TB said in the past. It's just like, it's all like post-traumatic slave syndrome. All of it. It's us believing that we are. That's where I'm coming from. I'm just so over it. I want to get past it. I want to start having people try to get past because if we keep talking about it, we just keep talking about it, keep talking about it. And I'm not trying to pull a Kanye like, slavery was a choice. It it, it was not. But right now I feel that we could could choose to... uh, not get over it because we will never. But how do we get past? I've, people don't give out solutions. They just tell you. Well, you there are a lot of no, there are a lot of solutions. Actually, one way you get past is by understanding what happened in the first place, because you can't history repeats itself all the time because people refuse to put. This is what DeSantos is basically doing. When you educate people, when you really let people in, inform them, especially poor white folks, when you really educate them about what is going on, you got a situation on your hands. You got people who really won't vote for you. So that's the thing. Education really is power. In education in slave times, in Civil War, we, it was illegal for us to even read books. That was intentional method that was used to prevent slaves from freeing themselves. So yeah, you know. I, I, if the tables were turned, like, let's go back. I don't. I'm just tired of the the Constitution upholding all of the shenanigans. It seems like nobody is trying to change the laws, amend the amendments. That's where I'm at with it. I'm not going to protest another. I'm not unless they hit the Gucci store in Michigan Avenue. But you know what's funny is is when you <laughs> when you do see that there are people doing the work. Like I I guess it's for me. The catalyst for me was the bar beneath my building. I know I talk about it all the time, saying, but 
it led me down this rabbit hole of what the government is doing locally, what our what my councilwoman, the council speakers in my in Harlem are doing. So I see that fight that is really strong right now in Harlem that I had never seen before. Only reason I know about it is because I started fighting about noise from a white business owner that didn't seem to care about the community, right? And then I learned, oh my God, look at all these people who are actually doing some work that is effectively causing change. So now I have hope, right? So that helps. Like I know this woman, her name is Kristen. We've had her on the podcast. She fought this building on 145th Street that this rich developer who worked with Giuliani, by the way, wanted to build in Harlem because Harlem is the last spot for real estate. But the community fought them, right? And as, and here's the thing. There's not even a lot of black folks left in Harlem. Harlem is under 50% black now. And so, yeah, so now you have very woke people in Harlem fighting against this wealthy sort of giant corporation and they won. So the building is not going up. Now what this developer wants to do is put a very toxic truck stop there and the community is now going up. So when I see like, when I see examples like that and when I've gotten somewhat involved, it does feel like, you know, it takes time and it, it, it does take work and there, but there are people out there who are who are woke, who are awake to what's going on, who are educating a lot of people in Harlem and doing it and getting it done. Anyway, we do have to move on to, uh, I want to say what Stace is saying here. My smart white friends educate themselves and use their privilege to amplify voices of marginalized people. They use their money to provide opportunities and they use their votes to elect anti-racists at the local level and above. Excellent. That's why I always like, you know, I, I try not to joke too much about white liberals because I'm like, we need them. <laughs> All right. Stephen Smith, Stephen A. Smith apologized repeatedly. Now, this story will be out by the time this episode goes up. So I guess my question is more about the apology than what he did. But ESPN personality Stephen A. Smith made comments on Rihanna in comparison to Beyonce on Sherry Shepard's show igniting protests from both the studio audience and Rihanna's fan base. When asking for his thoughts about Rihanna's upcoming Super Bowl halftime performance, he said, she ain't Beyonce. But he didn't say just that. He said she's, you know, she's a lovely lady. and But she's no Beyonce, which I've heard. I've, I've heard people, I've heard men say this before. I've heard people say this before, but not in the camera. Um, I guess. And then I look at the tweets. I looked at all the social tweets on it. And a lot of guys are saying things like, why when black men have an opinion, do we get attacked all the time? So I'll go with you, Zainab. Did, did this resonate in any way with you? Did you feel like the apology was, do you feel like it even matters that he said it or did he need to apologize? Um, Sure, sure. I don't know if Rihanna cares, um, but I do think that it sort of feeds the narrative. You know, that like like women and black women like are always pit pitted 
against one another, you know, but I don't know why. I, I think there's something I, I don't really know what's happening in the in the I don't know if the UV light from the nails black men are wearing it on their heads. I'm not sure what's happening with them because they're just like they're giving unsolicited comments. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, I understand if somebody asks you something and you answer directly and then that answer isn't. But they're like, like nobody asked you, do you think her performance is going to measure up to Beyonce? Nobody asked him that. Just like in the case of Aerie Spears, nobody asked him to judge Lizzo's body. They asked him about her music. You know, so I'm not, I, I, I'm not sure. I always ask myself this, because Stephen A. Smith, he's a person who, what drives his viewership are, are the sort of like controversial and provocative things that he says, right? And so I remember when I would watch, I, I, I rarely watch reality television, but for a few years in my life, I was like a loving hip hop fan. That, that was my franchise, right? And I used to be perplexed watching because men would be on there like openly like being abusers, like uh, uh, like actively doing sexual assault, like on, you know what I'm saying? Just like being like terrible. And I would just watch it and wonder like, okay, they either are like this and are okay, and are okay showing it on TV, or they're okay pretending that they are the worst men in the world for a check. And what's, yeah, and like what's worse? Like to actually be a rapist or to be okay with the world thinking you're a rapist just to, just to get drive engagement, you know? And so I, I feel like, I mean, his apology was as half ass as his statement. Um, and he's not very high. He's he's not ever my my source for information. Um, but I do think that the bigger issue, the bigger lesson to be taught is like, what are we really talking about? And when will the days be over of us immediately comparing to specifically women who are like quite phenomenal in their own right? What was the point? Yeah. Agreed. Why was he even on the show? What 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 is Stephen A. Smith? <laughs> Why are you even outside? Outside of the ESPN platform, he is like Jeepers Creepers. He's so creepy. Like, well, he writes he writes books and things, and so he might be he might have been promoting something. But also, you know what people do, and I mean, I'm sure you know this, Dawn, but. Uh, but I'm just saying it for the listeners. It's like people also have people on their platforms. They have no reason being there because they know who been, they, ain't nobody been talking about Sherry Kepper's show. But this is the first time it hit the blogs. The older people are. Because he said, and as much as she defended, huh? The older people talking about Sherry Shepard. Yeah, but older people ain't the demographic that drives anything, unfortunately. Like that, let's just be honest. Nobody's talking about the Sherry Sherry Shepherd show. So you bring somebody on that you know without a doubt, you don't even have to bait them. Will say something controversial or provocative, and it's immediately it drives traffic. It's engagement. It, it it's like it's not rocket science. Damn, I need to pick a beef. Who? Which one of these female comedians I'm gonna pick some beef with? I gotta drive them to Instagram page, get some followers. I used to say I was gonna start beef with Monique. You get a lot there. Yeah, oh, but the, the Monique bitches is, uh, they scary. Her fan. 
Monique is scary. I wouldn't mess with Monique. But this is what she used to be like. Skinny bitches are evil. And I was really thin. I'm just like, oh, you wish you was evil. But I wanted to start a beef, but I didn't. But um, Stephen A. Smith. Doesn't he remind you of one of those goons from Popeye? Do you remember Popeye? And they used to go to those cavemen. He's creepy. He stick to this. I have never. I am with you, Don. I've never subscribed. Anytime I see him talking, I turn the channel. It's like, ugh. He reminds me of every guy that is speaks with authority on the matter that no one asked him about. And guy, he appeals to a lot of men. Like I, I looked at the tweets underneath his page on Twitter, of course, and everyone was like, "Why are you doing this whole apology thing? It's not your brand. Like the reason I follow you is because you have these strong opinions." And that's when I realized someone at Sherry Shepard's show. And I like Sherry Shepard, but, you know, you're right, Zainab. I Like, you know, there's a lot of talk shows. Talk shows are struggling because I think as a format, who cares? But I think that, you know, it. she's taking over for Wendy Williams, who often said controversial things. And Sherry doesn't appear to be a very controversial in herself. She's not, like, one to do that. So, like, you have... I could see someone at the network going, let's bring someone on who one can appeal to men, right? And make them watch the show and two trend with some controversial statement. And so she's had, yeah, go ahead. And sorry, sorry, Marina, please finish your sentence. I didn't mean to cut you. No, no, I'm good. You, you, go ahead. Also too, where they meet is like, he is, the Super Bowl is sports, right? And so that's Stephen A. Smith's lane. But Sherry Shepard's lane ain't the actual game. It's the performance. So that, that like, that's where they meet. You know what I'm saying? So it makes sense that him on her show, that's what she would ask him. But it's just like... Yeah, he didn't just, have to say it. It was just like, what? She was just like... Yeah, Are you it's just why? She ain't no Beyonce. What? And then the... And his apology was so weak. Oh, oh. Sweetheart. What do you call her? Sweetheart? Sweetie. Sweetie, it's some it's one of those. Yeah, he was just like, I mean, even if, he, who the hell did he name? Like, he named some other Michael people. Jackson or something. Oh, it was just corny. Well, here's the thing. Here's what I know in my heart and what tucks me in at night. Let me tell you who do not care. Rihanna. <laughs> I listen. I I I slept. Uh, quite comfortably knowing that Rihanna does not give a shit about Stephen A. Smith and Stephen A. Smith could not smell Rihanna's butt crack if he wanted to, you know? Like, <laughs> it, 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 so uh, Rihanna's nor Beyonce. So she hasn't commented, right? And she won't. Is she going to show up? She going to show up at the Super Bowl and do her job, do what they are paying her to do, which is, be herself. Jam out. Woo-woo. Ew, Stephen A. Smith. Now, that next to the next man that needs to apologize, Drake. If Drake really wanted to show how he stands in solidarity with women in the music industry, he would acknowledge the cheap shots he took at Megan the Stallion last year on Circo Loco, <laughs> a song on the joint project with 21 Savage entitled Her Loss. Drake rapped, this bitch lie about getting shots, but she's still a stallion. She don't even get the joke, but she's still smiling. This controversy lit the internet on fire with Megan taking to Twitter to ad address the disrespect 
And Drizzy, it's time for you to atone. We haven't forgotten what you did. That is from The Root, which I love. I love The Root, written by Candace McDuffie. Great article. Yeah. So I didn't really follow him. I don't, I'm not a Drake follower. or so I don't know. You know. Do we need him? But everybody <laughs> thought she was lying. 50 Cent just apologized, too. Oh, he thought, oh, well, 50 Cent always I love has him. something to say. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I, I don't, I, they thought she was lying. I don't know why they thought she was lying, but the court didn't and do what he got, what, 40 years or something? I think the bigger question is, is what's going on with black men and black women right now in this conversation that's been going on? Actually, Yamanika's always commenting about black men don't support black women but and it's been i could be talking to yamanika about like ironing my pants and she's like well you know black man <laughs> but the thing is there is something seriously dividing us and it's black men okay as a comedian i've had and i'm going to name drop it was dl hughley has said something about this um dave Chappelle, even donnell rawlings about how women can't travel like we can't not um take the bulk of what comes with being a comedian because we are women and we can't stay away from our home for too long or we want to have a family and i was just like wow what dave even said one time i want to quote him right because he'd be finding shit out um well if i was a woman i don't know what i would have did i said you would have had the abortion He's like, you're probably right. Because if it wasn't for my wife holding me down, Dio said the same thing. If it wasn't for my wife holding me down, I would not be able to be as successful as I am. And they just automatically say that women, we can't handle it. And it's black men that says we can't handle it. They come off, they come off very sexist. Like I said, that older man wanted me to be more quiet. He, he just, we're not supposed to speak. And black men say that. White men let us do it. I don't know. That's kind of, I'm going too far with that because I don't do well. Well, white women have their own issues with white men, like the one that just killed his wife. So, you know, hey, I think they got their is, issues. But go ahead, Zena. I, I haven't heard this woman's song, this new artist from Drake. I haven't heard her music yet, but it's like, you know, it was discussed in whatever, like last year when the Drake and 21 Savage album, album came out and it, there was all these like, you know, back and forth online about like, were they talking about Megan? I think, I think, I think specifically they have a problem with Megan because Megan is like, she's so successful and she's a big black woman. She's brown skin. She's unapologetic. Like she's a big, darker skinned woman, you know, and she is fucking on the top of the mountain. And I just think that you know, I think that it's all built in like misogyny, patriarchy, racism, colorism. You know what I'm saying? And the only way that they can that like they can't take away her talent. They can't they for some reason, they can't knock her success. None of them have anything to do with her ascension to the top. Right. And so the only thing they have is to try and like knock her down in her sexuality. You know what I'm saying? Like it, that like and that's like misogyny 101. Right. But I do believe um, uh, that um, 
what what sucks and like nobody else might be thinking about this and I say this very very lightly because as I said I haven't heard this girl's music but like this girl should be able to come out as an artist without the uh like she shouldn't have to battle that her label owner said something about another female artist. You get what I'm saying? Like, um, you know, like I don't want to, if, 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 you know, Dave Chappelle is dealing with like, you know, he's been in a lot last year. He had to deal with like, you know, the, the trans community, the LGBTQ. And then if I came out, if Dave Chappelle presented like my Netflix special, I would hate for it to tank simply well, like because Tiffany Haddish with they present yeah they Wait, ready they ready yeah like you know with all the stuff she was going through they ready yeah yeah but at least they ready had been out you get what I'm saying but if like my introduction to the world and like oh my god I've been in this studio or on this stage working for years to have my like release and it's just reduced to like hold up we ain't accepting no woman from you until you apologize to this woman it just sucks for that that woman you know um what did you just say marina what you don't know why it's this whole thing with black men and black women yeah black men like um zaynab is saying i just said they just are, are scared of women taking over people are more sexist than racist in my opinion that's it. Well, I do. I will going back to what Zainab was just saying. I, I think this is such an important part of what she's saying, because why are they bringing this article out while he's introducing this artist? Because someone must be jealous of this artist. Right. It's always that it's always like how could someone's losing money somewhere like where they go how can we take away from this newly what's her name um Naomi Sharon Naomi Sharon what is she singing or rapping in the hmm I don't know well, I don't know when I, I google I've, when I google her it's a lot of no shade I mean this is the industry but it was a lot of naked pictures it's like a light skinned thick lady and, I, and mostly her butt. But to be fair, that was my introduction to Megan Thee Stallion as well, too. My first couple of, uh, any video I saw a performance of Megan Thee Stallion, all I saw were, were her naked, her bare butt cheeks. I mean, that's the look him too. But see, I, what I don't understand is why the women have to go, why is it not enough room for another female? It's a ton of male rappers. Some of them are so whack. But it's more accepted. That's just like in the comedy community. Oh, women not funny. What? What? It's so many, it's so many male, males that aren't funny. It's just not a lot of us. So it makes it look like, like, like it, more of us aren't funny than these corny ass men. And men allow it to happen. Black men allow it to happen. I don't have a problem with black men, but I do have a problem with them allowing us to always always get picked on always you know it's but it is kind of the same like you just said you know why is there only like room for one and it's like the root in a way is doing the same thing that Stephen A. Smith did because it's like you're 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 basing one woman's success on another woman's 
you know what I'm saying? Like interaction. And it's kind of the same thing. I would or I would I would assume that the music is probably not that great. Cause usually when music is like popping, popping, people just let the music live. You get what I'm saying? But also just with Drake specifically, Drake's so corny, we gotta lower our expectations. Like I know he's been like successfully making music as an artist. But he's not an actual real personality. He is, he is paid, but he is a, he is a made up version of what is supposed to be cool. You know what I'm saying? And that it's like, he, he's not somebody that you can, like, let's just lower our expectations. And if you feel like he's disrespectful or misogynist or whatever, a colorist, whatever, then just don't patronize his music. But to, if you go back and watch Aubrey from the moment he was in that guy's in wheelchair on Degrassi, it, that, that young man is fraudulent black culture, fraudulent American culture, fraudulent Caribbean culture, like, he makes hits, but even a fraudulent kind of musician, although he makes hits because every year somebody come out, it's, it's exposed that Drake ain't writing his music. You know what I'm saying? So we just gotta just lower our expectations for him and just accept, like, yeah, this shit, like, yeah, he's a multi-million, he's a, he's a, he's been a, a number one artist, like a top tier artist for the past decade. But in terms of like his morality and his sensibility and his just overall cultural efficiency, it ain't there. It's just not there. To lower that expectation on Drake, which I've already done from years. years. I'm always like, who is this? He tried to do some house song. I was like, no. You remember that? Uh, Last year, he came out with a house album, right? A house yeah, it was from Black Coffee. And the original is so much better. But, you know, he popularized it because he's Drake. Just like Beyonce is doing. A, I'm not going to talk about Beyonce. But, you know, with house music, but, you know, a lot of older house heads was like, oh, because Beyonce doing it now. Y'all want to get down with the house music. But see, at least she did with Terry Hunter. I know. I love Terry Hunter. And I'm glad. And he's getting awards now, too. Yeah, he's going to Grammys next week. So. Tech layoffs shock young workers. <laughs> now, this I, I don't mean to laugh, but oh, the older people, not so much. Now, I've been saying this since last year. They called it quiet quitting. Quiet quitting. That whole phrase just stopped because everyone's just now getting fired. <laughs> so here, here's your quiet quitting meets fired, which I knew was coming. I knew because I'm looking, you know, I've, for, I've been telling I had Zaynab come on with my uncle for the stock class. But since I've been following the financial markets for the past year, and investing my money in the stocks, I knew it was coming. And I kept saying to people, okay, watch your mouth. And I even saw MTA employer, this older black woman, she was like, they all talking, but you don't know what's coming. It's like, you just follow the economy and them talking about this recession that's coming. You should have known at least six months ago that your firing was about to happen. I was telling people, I was like, they keep talking about in order to get this economy back in track, they need to lay off a lot of people. And I was here. They kept saying it. And I was like, wow, I've never really paid attention before to the economy. And I was like, this is why you pay. You know, it sounds crazy because people like I would say to Keith, I'm doing all this. He's like, ah, but 
when you start paying attention to the economy, you find out so much corruption that's going on with the government. That's why I'm finally understanding a lot of the racial issues that's going on, a lot of the legislation that they're passing, why they're doing it. It's all about greed. So they're like my brother works for Google, for example. And I asked him, I said, you okay?" Like, I felt like it was an annoying question. Like as a comedian, when someone says, when you get a Netflix special, (laughs) you know, but I still had to ask him, I said, you okay?" And he's like, yeah, I'm fine. I go, well, I I figured you'd be good because you, you know, you're high up. He goes, no, it didn't matter. Doesn't matter what position you are. Doesn't matter how good you are. They laid off 12,000 employees in New York City. This is how they found out they were fired. They went and swiped their key card or whatever. And if it didn't work, you ain't got no job. So I guess my. Uh, Damn. This, this. Yeah. Yeah. I, I knew it when those. What do you call it? When you're driving the tow booth people, when they took all the tow booth people, I said, oh, snap. Technology is getting people out of here. Like it's no tow booth. Have you seen that? Have you noticed this? Yeah, I got one for my rental car in Chicago over the holidays. Uh, Enterprise was like, excuse me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that little toll you think you just went through for free. You owe us. You owe it. Maureen, I couldn't couldn't see that article. Sorry, because um, it was a New York Times article. So I'll read it. So thanks to layoffs during the pandemic, the generational divide within the tech industry is becoming more clear. Millennials and Gen Z began tech careers during a decade-long expansion when job opportunities were plenty. The companies they joined offered them numerous benefits that allowed them a new lifestyle, and many had not experienced widespread layoffs. You saw these kids running around talking about, I work for Google, Google. I mm-hmm, work for mm-hmm. Twitter, I work for, my-. you've seen them. We've, we've done shows for them. Contrastingly, baby boomers and Gen X lived through the dot-com crash of the early 2000s, that eliminated over 1 million jobs as many companies folded overnight. This generational divide is indicative of how different generations view work and money. According to a study, early personal experiences strongly determine a person's appetite for financial risk. So there it is. Between 2001 and 2005, The dot-com crash caused a quarter of tech workers to lose their jobs. The layoffs were worse than the 1990s recession and the global financial crisis of 2008. In 2011, the tech sector began a decade-long hiring boom, adding an average of 110,000 jobs annually. The biggest increase came after the pandemic. So all these people were getting hired after the pandemic. And that's when you heard this whole thing about quiet quitting. Right. And the sector added nearly 260,000 jobs in 2022. However, Microsoft said this week is cutting 10,000 of those jobs or roughly 5% of its workforce. 
And Google Parents Company Alphabet said it's planned to cut 12,000 jobs or about 6% of its total. Even as layoffs started to last year, jobs in tech industry increased. But for tech workers experiencing their first economic downturn, the layoffs for these kids have been like, what? Yeah. It's one of those things where, for me, I, I just, you know, we keep talking about millennials and the Generation Zs and why they act the way they do. And I think for me, this article kind of spoke to me because I have seen some sort of like, I don't want to attack them because they listen. (laughs) But the way they treat jobs or the understanding, the gratitude of having a job, it just wasn't there. I didn't see it. I think they will now. It's not that many jobs lost though. I mean, it's all the people that were working from home out of, what did you say? It was like something like- That's 12,000 people going, what? Go back to your part. Most of them are part-time, stay, work at home. Cause if, let me just mind my business. I uh, was born in the mid eighties. I think millennials are like what? 81 to 96 or something like that. Um, and then Gen Z is like 96 to- 2015 or something. I don't know. But um, I, so, so I'm basically saying like, I am a millennial and I haven't had many. I watch my mouth saying that, I promise. No, 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 I don't mind. I don't, you know, I have not been like in a, in a workforce really in, in, in my life. I know that when I had like jobs as like a young adult and in college, um, I, they didn't mean much to me because they weren't my career. Like I knew that they were, came as, they would go as easy as they came, you know? Um, and I would take a job depending on the perks. So it depended on like what I needed in my life at that time, because really there's no job. This There's no like job that's going to, if it's not your career, really, it's not going to pay you enough to make you, do you know what I'm saying? To, to motivate you to go every day and show up and be the employee that they want you to be. And so there has to be like, you know, perks involved, you know, like I remember when I first moved to LA, I worked at a spa. Um, and I worked at a spa because this particular spa, like you, all your services were free. So it was this high end spa. And I can't remember how much I might have been making, like $12 an hour or something like that. But I was able to get manicures, facials, massages. So you know what I'm saying? Like all of those types of things, uh, like pretty much for free. And I remember that they and this was like around probably like 20. 2009 or something. I remember they started doing layoffs. Remember that was when it was the whole housing crash and the recession or whatever. And they were doing layoffs. And I remember when they called me in and was like, hey, so we got to let you go. And I did not care. But I'm sure the people who had families or who were more established in their life, you know, I was a person like in my fucking, I don't know, early 20s, early to mid 20s at the time. Like, I did not care about that job. And then I remember them saying, I didn't even understand really the language because I had never really been at a job where you could get laid off like that. And I remember they were like, okay, so we, you know, have to cut a certain amount of our staff. um, And we just want you to sign this paper saying, you know, that we've like, let you go, whatever, whatever, like that I'm agreeing to leave. And I was like, so wait, can I, my only question was, can I claim unemployment? 
And she was like, well, if you sign this paper, no. I was like, wait, so if I sign this, you're you're letting me go. But if I sign this paper, I can't claim it. I said, oh, no, I can't sign this paper. And then I just walked out. And it was like the happiest day of my life. Like, because I didn't really, really want to have to have a job, you know? And so wow, they were trying to get you out of do, paying unemployment. Yeah, this was this was like the recession. Yeah, absolutely. 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 Or they give you like a shitty severance package, knowing that you actually probably are entitled to more. But I think that that's I care now because now I'm in my career. And I think that if you're not in your career for anybody, especially if you don't have something that's that's grounding you like a family, children, then you don't there's nothing there that, that motivate. There's there's nothing keeping you tethered. And I think that when you think of like the situations of millennials, what are they saying? Like millennials, Gen Z, we get married later. We're having children less. There's nothing to tether us to what someone else, what an employer might feel is responsibility. That's true. They are saying they are picking up jobs right away after the firing, too. Like they're finding out that their ability is needed at other corporations or other places. Yeah. Because, I mean, everybody has to move, especially if you're coming from like a tech world. Right, Marina? That's what you said. They're doing a lot of layoffs there. Right. It's like every single business has has to move into the digital world. You know what I'm saying? You have to. And so there's no last night I went to see um, New Jack City, the stage play. Oh, wow. They have the stage play. Yes, it's called it's called Jacarius Johnson presents New Jack City. You know what? I was pleasantly surprised. It was produced rather well. I will say, like, I would be so willing to do like a comer- like a promo for it, you know, because I I definitely went in thinking that it was gonna be, you know, hot shit. Um, and it was <laughs> yeah, it was quite a ride and produced very well. But why did I bring it up? Oh, because even something as simple as like getting my tickets from Ticketmaster, like the hoops I had to go through, Ticketmaster's like, no, we're not giving you these tickets simply through email. We need you to download our app. We need to be able to attach to your phone. We, you know what I'm saying? So it's like everybody, every single business, you got a business and I can't go to your website? Like everybody has to move into the digital space. So those people will always there will be jobs waiting for them. You know, it's the people if you get laid off and it's a skill set that's sort of like outdated where you have to be a little bit. That's why I said it's not that many, even that many jobs because everybody has an app. Now Wendy's is competing with McDonald's app. Those tech people would be fine. <laughs> Sorry, but no. Yeah, my brother was like, his whole team was just slaughtered is what he said. Cause I asked, I was shocked when he told me that I was, cause he's like so bright and like, I really thought he was protected until he told me, he said, no, it doesn't matter. They just got to get rid of, it was just, I think it's just random and that's gotta be scary. You know, I think the way that adults probably handle this or the older people who may have, who have these jobs were like, yeah, this happens and you come back. And I think the most important thing, um, once you experience your first crash, things change. You realize bad stuff happens and maybe you should be a bit more cautious. And I think that's an adult perspective because you you know that things bad things can happen. And 
for me personally, when I read these stories or I see these stories, I'm so happy I'm a comedian and I always work for myself. It's such a relief. Did you get a little bit scared like at the start of the pandemic when like live shows were taking away? Like I know, Marina, you've been doing the, the podcast virtually before, like a little bit before the pandemic, right? But I know you were, for me, you were like one of the early people who immediately was like, okay, we have to find another way. But I feel like the pandemic for comedians was almost like the layoff, you know, like the yes. equivalent of like the layoff. Cancel. That's true. Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> it wasn't even a layoff. It was just like, oh, but you know what? That was, it kind of was because we, it was first time in history we were able to collect unemployment. Thank God. Right? <laughs> what? Oh, yes, yes, yes. You're right. Because before it would be difficult to figure out how to collect unemployment. Yeah, yeah you're right. 1099 people couldn't work for yourself. Like entertainers couldn't collect unemployment unless you were like SAG or in the union. But I'm sorry, I might be. You know what? The Twitter thing always, I always find that so, because you, you're verified on Twitter, right? Yeah, yeah, but I never use Twitter. Would you pay the $8 that he's no. trying, did they charge, are they trying to charge you? No, I haven't received anything. And somebody, I was talking, I was on somebody else's podcast, I think, and they were like, um, yeah, because you're verified, right? And I'm like, yeah, I'm verified. Um, I was like, but they was like, oh, you might not be. I was like, I'm not paying $8. And they was like, well, you might not be verified anymore. And I had just went on like a couple of days ago just to post like a show that I'm doing. And I was still verified, but I never use, I never, ever use Twitter. And at one point in my life, I did. Like I will always go every morning, I would go to Twitter and just see what's trending because that was like another news source in a different way than you might get from like a CNN or like a local news station. Um, and, but now... No, I don't. And verified or not, like I, I know he can beat it. it with his like trying to trying to make a poor company into something that's necessary. We don't give a shit. You know what's really interesting about the stocks and paying attention to stocks? Apple, because I have shares in Apple, you can vote on their yeah. policies and all that. And there was one for civil rights. I I wasn't even gonna look at it. I was like, oh, who's voting? I didn't. And then I looked at it. And there was one for equity. And they tell you in the vote what they recommend you do. And it says, we recommend that you say no to this. And I was like, oh, hell no, I'm here. <laughs> I'm here. Marina Franklin got shares. No, no, no. We need equity. <laughs> and they tried to they try to explain their reason. They were like, well, it's just redundant. We already, it was like kind of like the woke thing. It's like you can see, you can see it in the details. I'm like, mm -mm. I recommend to everyone who's listening to this pos this podcast to also go to Earn Your Leisure. Those I guys. I need to start listening to Earn Your Leisure. Oh my God. I've been listening to him, those two guys and the mortgage guy. And the Earn Your Leisure guys, they've been teaching kids about finance but they also show, you know, they have a regular podcast. They have a market Mondays every Monday. Let me tell you, you will get your financial literacy in check with them. Their podcast is amazing. Their YouTube is amazing. They will explain and they have influenced a huge culture of black individuals wherever they go. And I see the, the number of people who go, it's telling me that we are invested in these in this change that is about to happen. And let me tell you, once we understand where our money is going, 
how we can make money, how we can bring that gap closer of generational wealth, what are they going to do? What can they do? They can no longer use race. You know, educate yourself. It's so transforming for me. I'm in my 50s and I'm just learning a lot of this stuff. It's never too late. It's never too late to learn all this stuff and get informed. I have stuff. I don't know what to do with it. When I bought through the pandemic, I'm like, now what do I do? Me to come to Uncle Buzz's class, (laughs) Dr. Merrill's class. Was very thankful to have both of you. Gratitude. Everyone's talking about gratitude in 2023. I am grateful that you both were here today. Zainab, tell our listeners where they can find you. Thank you. Thanks for having me, um, Marina. People are listening to this and you're in the St. Paul, Minneapolis area, uh, Minnesota, Minneapolis, the Twin Cities. I will be performing at a comedy club called Laugh Camp. February 3rd and February 4th. If you go on my website, ZainabJohnson.com, you can get tickets. Um, all social media, Zainab Johnson, except TikTok, it's the Zainab Johnson. Uh, so definitely find me with friends like us. We will not compare. We'll only celebrate the magnificent women killing it in the world. Thank you so much, Zainab. Dawn B here. You can find me um, on the train. No, um... I'm Dawn Be Funny on all platforms. Dawn B. Um, apparently, my website is down, and I didn't even know it until. Um, so that means I'm not active. But it'd be DawnBeFunny.com. Um, you could just find me floating around. If you see Donnell Rawlings out, I'm usually where he is, next stop, South Carolina, next week. But just look for me. With friends like us, what? With friends like us, always be positive. Be peace. I don't know. Positive energy activates constant elevation. So be peace and woke. Don't let the world shut you down. That was excellent. That was it. Marina Franklin here. Just go to my website, marinafranklin.com and also become a subscriber. Go to Patreon. Become a golden friend. You can watch us live every Monday. TB, thank you for being here. And Stace, thank you so much for being here backstage because they are subscribers and they really commit to the podcast. They're able to watch us live. So do that for yourselves. And with friends like us, you can talk about firings and feel still informed about how you'll be hired in the next job. (laughs) I really kind of pulled that out. Check Check, us out. out.